So I'm standing outside the Ottawa courthouse where I'm here to cover the fourth day of the Tamara Leach and Chris Barber criminal trial. Uh, there are a few supporters that are gathered outside of the courthouse. Uh, there's a large Canadian flag and uh, some supporters uh, who um, have kind of congregated and are showing up each day. Um, so I'm just going to go in and uh, open the door. Christy Kirkup is a parliamentary reporter for The Globe. And all of last week... She was covering the trial of Tamara Leach and Chris Barber. They're among the leaders of the convoy that paralyzed downtown Ottawa last year for 26 days. And they're now facing charges for their role in the protests. They're not the only convoy protesters who were arrested. In total, Ottawa police ended up laying over 500 criminal charges against 140 people in the Freedom Convoy. Another leader, Pat King, has also been charged. But this is the first time anyone involved in the convoy protests has been judged in a criminal court for the convoy. So today, Christy will catch us up on what happened during the trial's first week. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Christy, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. So I thought just to start, it might actually be good to give people a little refresher here. So can you just remind us, who are Tamara Leach and Chris Barber? Well, Tamara Leach and Chris Barber are really the key architects of the Ottawa trucker convoy that came to Ottawa at the end of January in 2022. Um, and they have always maintained that they were engaged in a peaceful protest that saw big rig trucks essentially become entrenched in Ottawa's downtown core for more than three weeks time. Um, of course, a lot of people in Ottawa disagree with their um, suggestion that this was a peaceful protest. And in fact, their demonstration ended up sparking one of the largest police operations in Canadian history, where we saw officers have to move in on protesters and remove them from the streets. And that was in February of 2022. So they are really the kind of key organizers uh, of uh, the so-called Freedom Convoy that you know has really become kind of this key moment, I would say, in history, really, in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you were in Ottawa at the time. I was in Ottawa at the time. <laughs> I remember that. We'd, of course, the horn honking, that was a big mm -hmm. thing that we were talking about for a long time. It was really a kind of a strange time to be in the city. And and Christy, you said that these two were some of the, the architects of these protests. Can can you give us a little bit more uh, detail, I guess, like what what exactly was their role in these protests? So Tamara Leach uh, has been involved in kind of uh, Wexit politics, if you will. Uh, she's based in Medicine Hat, Alberta, and kind of her main role um, at the beginning of uh, the convoy operation uh, was setting up a GoFundMe page that ended up raising um, right out of the gate some $10 million. Uh, ultimately, GoFundMe ended up shutting down their campaign, and then uh, the platform has said that they were 
returned all the money to donors. But she was essentially a key fundraising facilitator, if you will. Uh, and that was really necessary, right? Because um, this, it, it was, I, I recall actually a conversation that you and I had when the trucks were on their way to Ottawa. We we knew that something big was coming. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time you and I talked about the, the GoFundMe page uh, with all the, the millions that had been raised. And that was, I think, a, a key signal early on that this was really going to be an exceptional uh, protest that was coming to Ottawa. They, they had money, a lot of money. Right. And uh, Chris Barber, well, um, you know, I think he's a commercial truck driver himself. He's from Swift Current, Saskatchewan. And this came up in the course of the inquiry commission that looked at um, the trucker convoy. You know, he, he he's kind of open about the fact that he he likes to stir the pot, that he's essentially an online troll um, and he was recording himself and kind of, uh, I think the Crown would argue, um, egging people on. He was saying, you know, hmm. get to Ottawa, flood the city. I don't care how many. And there were a lot of swear words that followed. Um, you know, how many people come to Ottawa? And he was saying, keep it peaceful. But he was calling on, on people to come. And then later on, and this came up um, in uh, court as well, a TikTok video where he was calling on people to um, or suggesting they should, you know, honk their horns after a court injunction had been mm-hmm. issued uh, to stop uh, the blaring of those horns. So I, I would say he was kind of instrumental in the the trucker movement, if you will, to kind of um, reach out to people because he had such a, a big online following. Right. Yeah. So so as you're saying, so these are two really some of the central figures behind these these protests and this movement. Uh, how did they meet Christy? Do we know how these two ended up talking, I guess, to start? Yeah, so this came up in the uh, inquiry commission and essentially how it is documented based on uh, the witnesses that they talked to is that you know, there there were some other people who were um, expressing some uh, sentiments uh, about uh, what was going on during COVID-19, about mandates. Of course, there's Pat King, who is another kind of um, right. key figure in the story. And that, you know, Pat King had set up a Facebook live. Um, and uh, this was kind of a, a meeting place, if you will, for people like uh, Mr. Barber and um, Ms. Leach to, to kind of come together. So, Christy, as you you mentioned the public inquiry, so we've actually heard a lot about the situation in the last few months. Um, there's there's a lot that came out in that public inquiry. Uh, so I guess I wonder why is why is this trial important to watch when we already know so much about what happened during these protests? I think this is important to talk about because I think that, of course, there was a tremendous amount of attention when demonstrators, again, were, um, you know, ha- had brought the city of Ottawa to a standstill then because uh, the federal government decided to invoke the never before used Emergencies Act. Then the commission um, led by Justice Rouleau had to happen. And we saw witnesses, including uh, Tamara Leach and Chris Barber, appear uh, during uh, the, the course of of, uh, that process. Hmm. And now what we are seeing with Tamara Leach and Chris Barber is it's a criminal trial. It will determine their fate. This is about, you know, what happens next for them. I think it's really interesting. But before this trial began, Manika, she was uh, doing some some travel. She was actually kind of on a, a book tour because she wrote a That's book right. yeah. uh, called Hold the Line, which, by the way, those three words are going to be very critical um, in this criminal trial. So she and Chris Barber face charges of mischief, intimidation 
intimidation and obstruction of police and also um, charges of counseling other people to engage in in those same crimes. So th- that's actually what they're charged with then. So the, the criminal charges that both of them are facing, the, the, that's the, the six charges then. That's right. Mm-hmm. And Chris Barber also faces an additional charge that relates to uh, essentially the, the TikTok video that I just um, mentioned earlier about um, calling for people to blare the horns after the, the court injunction. So his additional charge relates to that. Uh, But, you know, Tamara Leach's um, Hold the Line book uh, for, you know, she has a lot of kind of loyal fans and uh, she's been going out and kind of explaining um, her role as the architect in all of this. Um, And, you know, the Crown believes that she crossed the line. So they're trying to make that case uh, to uh, the the judge, Justice Heather Perkins McVeigh. (laughs) This is going to determine whether... She goes to jail or um, she's able to kind of uh, proceed living her life. But as mm. as she's out on, you know, again, she's not living a normal life. I don't I'm not trying to say that, but she's she's not behind bars right now. She has been doing a book tour before her criminal trial. And this is going to determine what happens next for her. So let's let's actually talk about the, the charges here, Christy. So you said each of them, Leach and Barbara, are facing charges of mischief, obstructing police and intimidation, and one charge of counseling for each of those three charges. So counseling other people, essentially. Uh, and the interesting thing here is that they're being tried together, which 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 is kind of a strange thing, right? This isn't common. Do, do we know why they're not having separate trials? Yeah. So essentially, this is a decision that was taken by the Crown. So while it's not something that um, maybe we see all the time, it's not tremendously unusual. It just depends on essentially what the evidentiary base uh, for the Crown's case is. And in this case, uh, the Crown decided to take the decision uh, to you know have them uh, be on trial together. Okay, and so essentially, it's it's kind of the idea, like the crown hopes to establish that they worked together in in lockstep in a way. I guess is that is that kind of the idea behind this? Big time. Um, that is something that I would say is going to be a major feature of the rest of the trial. Is that these two were essentially um, working in tandem with one another. Um, and I should point out, there is separately, Manica, a proposed class action lawsuit to the tune of some $300 million on the part of Ottawa residents and businesses that have expressed that they suffered harm as a result of what happened. So the reason I mention it is because Tamara Leach and Chris Barber are also named in uh, that proposed class action lawsuit as well. We'll be back in a moment. Let's focus a little bit on how this case is being approached, Christy, because you, you've been in court there uh, all last week watching how things are going. Uh, each side was giving its opening statements last week. Did did the prosecution say how it intends to prove that that Leach and Barber actually behaved criminally? Well, going back to the whole uh, notion of the the hold the line, um, uh, those three words being central uh, to to the Crown's case, um, you know, some of the videos that we have seen in court, uh, the the Crown asked for um, some additional videos uh, to be entered into evidence, uh, some seven videos where you could hear uh, that after uh, Tamara Leach and Chris Barber had been arrested, that there were people in the crowd um, calling 
out, hold the line, hold the line. That is key, I think, uh, to those counseling um, charges that I mentioned. Um, you know, and this was uh, said in the opening statement uh, from Crown Prosecutor Tim Radcliffe that that they held tremendous, um, essentially, power and influence. Um, over the location of protesters. Um, and, uh, you know, one of uh, our colleagues here at the Globe, uh, Marika Walsh, uh, right before Tamara Leach uh, was arrested, um, you know, she was uh, speaking right near Parliament Hill. And, uh, you know, essentially she told Marika when, you know, she kind of asked her like about the, the message, um, you know, should she be arrested? And, and someone behind her said, hold the line. And then Tamara Leach said, yeah, hold the line and then walked away. And so what's your response then if you do get arrested, if you're the next person that police do arrest? I'd love it if you'd speak louder. <laughs> she wants to know what my response would be if I get arrested. What's the response? <laughs> Hold the line! Hold the line! This is going to be fundamental uh, for the crown that they really had a lot of say, um, and that is why the crown believes that people, you know, dug in and refused to leave. We see protests on Parliament Hill, and that's people's right, and people go and and uh, protest. Um, but again, the crown is suggesting like this, and, and and we heard this from then Mayor Jim Watson that this, you know, evolved from being a protest into a siege that th those were words used uh, by the mayor um, during the convoy, as well as, uh, you know, members of the Ottawa police uh, and, and the chief, then chief of the Ottawa police, Peter Slowly. Uh, Christy, I just want to ask you about the de the defense argument here, because the defense is arguing that what happened in Ottawa was within the bounds of freedom of assembly, that there was no violence. Uh, has has the prosecution given a sense of how it will actually argue against that defense? You know, I think a big part of this that is um, also kind of interesting in the trial is um, there's there's a lot um, kind of in the online realm, if you will. There's a lot of uh, text messages and things that they're they've been trying to get their hands on to present as evidence in court. There's uh, social media. We now see those again, kind of famous images, right? In in the snow of uh, police officers in their combat gear moving in. Um, you know, they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that uh, Tamara Leach and uh, Chris Barber uh, committed crimes. It's not like this happened and there wasn't anyone around to capture it on video, right? Like mm -hmm. there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of video evidence, some five hours of video evidence. Um, and uh, this is what the court is is working through right now. Yeah. Uh, so, so Christy, this trial is expected to last several weeks. Uh, more than 20 people are expected to be witnesses. The Crown says there's more than 100 exhibits that, that they're going to, to be bringing forward here. Uh, trials are, are expensive and they're, they're long. They can be long ordeals, too. And so I wonder, these defendants, Tamara Leach and Chris Barber, how are they paying their, their legal bills for this? It's a really good question because uh, essentially, I just want to point out that um, Tamara Leach is being represented by one of Ottawa's most uh, prominent lawyers, Lawrence Greenspawn, who I think anyone who has been around uh, the nation's capital would likely know his name because he's represented a lot of high profile clients. And uh, there is an organization called the Democracy Fund that has been raising funds online specifically to pay 
Lauren Greenspan. In fact, they see it right on their their page that he costs about three hundred thousand um, dollars, and uh, that you know he's he's worth every penny. They say, um, and so that's kind of been um, part of the the uh, financial engine, if you will, to try and uh, help Tamara Leach uh, specifically. There's also um, the involvement of the Justice Centre for Constitutional Freedoms that's based um, in Calgary. And uh, they have been providing legal counsel for people in the class action, including Tamara Leach and Chris Barber. And uh, they are still taking donations for Chris Barber's um, defence. You were, of course, in court all of last week watching the proceedings. I I wonder, was there a moment or maybe a couple of moments that really stuck out to you from from everything that you saw then? I think there's one kind of key moment that stands out for me from the first week, and that is when the judge essentially lost uh, her patience. And she actually said very sternly, um, and I should say that I think what we're getting the impression that the uh, judge is certainly not going to take any nonsense. She She's pretty matter of fact. Um, and uh, she said uh, that she was very unhappy and that she repeated it very unhappy. Um, at uh, essentially the timing of the Crown's disclosure of text messages um, because uh, the defense had raised concerns about the fact that there were some, you know, 4,000 pages of text messages that were being whittled down to, um, you know, about uh, 2,000 pages and that they have to be able to go through this. And the the judge kind of heard this concern and uh, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, I'm worried about the ability for, um, you know, the the defense to be able to go through with their cross-examination if they're you know, kind of getting um, an indication about what messages in a pile of 4,000 that the Crown is going to be focusing on. And uh, Lawrence Greenspan, um, Tamara Leach's lawyer, has uh, essentially kind of raised the broader concern now about, you know, it's it's about timing of disclosure, but it's also about trial fairness. You mentioned the timeline for the trial. Like, Minica, the judge is already looking to set additional days. Like, this is, mm. they have only gotten through one witness, and you can tell that the judge is not happy. She actually called a recess and like said, like, I, I need essentially like I need to take a second and walked out of the room wow, because she really? was so. Huh. Yeah. So I guess headline is things have not been going so well. It hasn't been a smooth first week and things are snailing along. So I have a feeling uh, that, you know, this trial could last longer than expected. Though it sounds like tensions are extremely, extremely high there. Uh, just lastly, Christy, uh, what, are, what are you watching for here? Like what new info might come out in, in the coming weeks? I find it fascinating when you um, we've heard from, you know, um, Sergeant uh, who uh, was being asked about, you know, again, having to go online and download TikToks. And, you know, it's kind of like, a trial in the social media age, right? Like having officers that had to go online and download these videos and the screen captures of Facebook and questions about the admissibility of that evidence. So, so there's that. Um, I think there could potentially be some challenges in proving, um, you know, again, that the crown is saying they crossed the line. They're going to have to show it, you know, how, how are they going to try at least uh, to to point to specific examples? Because 
Greenspawn, who is no stranger to talking to the media, so he'll often come out and like scrum with reporters after a day in court. He kind of like is saying like the evidence so far is just, you know, underscoring their point that this was that this was a peaceful protest. And so we'll see um, what else is coming. I would never make a prediction about what's going to happen, you know, <laughs> in any subsequent days in a trial, the judge describing it as an organic process. That That is what it is. You never know what's going to happen. So this trial is important because it is, again, that what happens uh, to these two key organizers um, who uh, came to Ottawa and um, they believe were expressing their their rights. And there's um, lots of other people who feel like they really, um, you know, went too far in their expression of that. Well, this is certainly something we're definitely going to be watching over the next few weeks. Uh, Christy, thank you so much for taking the time to come and speak with me today. Thank you. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wells. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Adrian Chung is our senior producer, and Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>